Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Amy Wan, and you're listening to a continuation of yesterday's show where she is answering many questions on the legal aspects of the real estate syndication business. What's the positive thing of doing a 504? Why, if you were just one state specific, I mean, that would, then you would pursue that. But why would I, even then, why would I do a 504? Sure. Um, a 504 is just one of those things where it's it's kind of like a case-by-case basis. It might be good on this deal, uh, but it might not be. I, I would tend to say uh, sometimes it may be good for folks who don't have a huge network of um, accredited investors. But even then, even when those folks come to me, I usually tell them, look, it doesn't matter. Just go and do a Rule 506B because at the end of the day, that one allows you to take money from non-accredited investors, but you're still working to build up your your list of accredited investors. And you know, I know it seems really difficult in the beginning, but the truth is that real estate is a long game. You're never just going to do one offering, right? And so you always have to be looking for the future. So if you go out today and try and build up your network of credit investors, it might not work for your first deal, but for your second deal, your third, your fourth, at least you have that base to begin with. Versus I feel like when you're using some of these exemptions where it doesn't force you to go out and build up your network of accredited investors, it's kind of like it's a temporary fix, but it's not good for you long term. And that actually dovetails nicely into some of the other exemptions I'm going to talk about. So the last two I wanted to talk about are Regulation CF or Regulation Crowdfunding and Regulation A+, right? These two regulations are basically used by people who are at the polar opposites of their real estate syndication career, okay? So so Regulation Crowdfunding um, is probably one of the newest crowdfunding rules, um, and basically it allows the syndicator to raise up to $1 million and change per year. So every 12 months, right? And you can raise it from a large number of non-accredited investors. And they don't even have to be sophisticated, right? They can just be like burglar Joe Schmoes. However, this is a situation where there is a little bit of mother may I involved, right? So there is a certain amount of legal paperwork you have to fill out and file with the SEC before you go out and do your regulation crowdfunding offering. This one is called a Form C and it it doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to get approved by the SEC or anything. You just, you really just have to file it. It's, you know, near instantaneous. Um, but the other thing is you have to, um, do that offering on a broker dealer or registered funding portal. And I think right now there's probably 40 of those, right? Um, they all have to be licensed and registered with FINRA. So this is much more regulated. They will all take some sort of fee, right? Um, right now for those 40 portals, there are not many, 
that concentrate in real estate specifically. There's only a couple. Honestly, most of them concentrate on small businesses, startups, crypto, things of that sort. I think the last time I checked, there was really only one that concentrated on real estate specifically. It's called Small Change. Um, And I think they only do it for debt. I don't think they do it for equity. Um, Things do tend to be a little bit more complicated if you're trying to do a a real estate related regulation crowdfunding. But this is, you know, going back to what I was talking about earlier, this is why I generally dissuade clients against it, right? Um, A lot of people think, hey, I don't have a network of accredited investors. Let me start small. I know a lot of people who aren't accredited. Let me start with regulation crowdfunding. And again, I I, I tend to point people towards the 506B um, just because, look, you know, the $1 million and change limit every 12 months, it sounds great for a beginning syndicator, right? But, you know, one house, one single family residential house in California or New York is probably over a million dollars. One commercial building anywhere is probably over a million dollars. One multifamily anywhere is probably over a a million dollars, right? Um, And even if you got financing on it and you're like, okay, well, I'm going to spread that million dollars over a couple of different deals, right? You know, it basically limits you at a million for the year. And and if you get good at this, you run out of that million dollars really quickly. A lot of people come ask me, hey, can't I just do it a million for each project, right? So I'm going to do a million for this house, this year, a million for this house this year. And it doesn't work like that. Um, The million dollar limit flows back. Um, It doesn't matter what entity you're doing it with. It it matters who are the directors and officers behind this project, right? And so um, if I wanted to uh, open 10 LLCs to take down 10 different buildings, if I do, you know, uh, $500,000 for the first one under this exemption, and then se- uh, I try, I want to do $700,000 for the next one, well, suddenly I'm in trouble, right? Because collectively, um, so long as I'm, you know, essentially the same management in the LLC, uh, it, it basically flows back to me. I personally, I'm limited to a million dollars every 12 months. So it just, you know, it tends to not lay, I think, a very good groundwork for people who are not just trying to start their real estate syndication career, but trying to, you know, have a long-term trajectory. And the last thing I just wanted to mention is Regulation A+. And Regulation A+, you know, it's at the it's at the opposite end because this is really for experienced syndicators who have a great um, influencer presence and have, uh, you know, a great marketing team. Uh, so Regulation A plus allows you to raise um, up to fifty million dollars every twelve months, right? And fifty million dollars is a lot. However, you need to file paperwork with the SEC um, beforehand. And now they actually have to qualify or approve your offering. And that's a process that can take minimum four to six months, right? Um, Because 
there usually tends to be at least one to two rounds of back and forth. And every time you go back and forth, it's, you know, it's another month, right? Um, and that's for a regular offering, not for something that's more novel or complicated. Um, you can raise from the crowd generally, right? You can advertise, um, you can generally solicit, um, but there are investment limitations, right? So depending on what your net worth is, um, you can only invest a certain amount, uh, investors can only invest a certain amount every year um, under regulation A+. Um, so, you know, this tends to be better for, uh, syndicators who are doing funds, right. Uh, that will go on, go and take down a lot of different properties that they haven't identified yet. It does not work well when say you have one ski resort that you need to raise $50 million for, um, and the reason being is because often you have a purchase contract um, that says, hey, I have to bring the money to the table in 45, 90, 100 days, whatever it is. And if it's going to take you four to six months to get approved, you know, the timing is just not going to work out. You're, you're going to, you know, lose that purchase contract. Um, the other thing is a lot of people think that they can go out and be like, oh, well, I'm just going to do a little bit of digital advertising and then I'm going to go raise $15 million and it's going to be so great. That's, that's not quite the way uh, investment works, right? It doesn't matter if you put ads out there. All this comes back to trust. And, and I'll actually talk about this in the next episode. So this is why I say it's better for more experienced indicators as opposed to beginners flat out. Um, so those were the main rules. Um, and if I can just, you know, give any, any quick tips around how you use them, I would say rule five, yeah, rule 506B, it's good for anybody, right? Rule 506C, when it comes to real estate syndicators specifically, it is good once in a while, um, to bring in more traffic and, um, to entice people, but you, there's no, it's not necessary to do on every single offering, right? Um, oftentimes people will come in through some sort of ad that they saw for a five, six C, but then they kind of sit there. They want to, you know, it's the trust factor. Again, they want to learn about the syndicator a little bit. They want to see a couple of deals. And then later, um, once you have, you know, now established that pre-existing relationship with them, then when they start to see your 506 uh, 506B deals, sorry, um, then they might invest in one of those, right? People don't necessarily come in right away and they're like, okay, I want to drop like $10,000, $25,000, right? It takes time to build that trust. So 506C really is just a really great way to advertise more than you originally could uh, and, and to act as a funnel, but they may not actually advertise in that deal. Regulation crowdfunding does not tend to work well for real estate folks that I mentioned. And, you know, to the extent people use it, it's really beginning syndicators, right? Um, regulation A plus, polar opposite. You want to be very advanced. You want to be an influencer, have a great marketing team behind you, have many lists of people who have already signed up with you and invested with you in the past because it's very hard to just make something happen out of nothing. I could see a 506C, uh, or you tell me, if I ha already had maybe a successful business 
uh, and you know, with like a large following, I don't know, I'm selling some other type of product, and I've got fifty thousand people signed up, you know, that are getting this email uh, marketing, you know, for a totally different industry and product. Yeah. But now all of a sudden, I could come over here, maybe do a five hundred six B, and and blast this offering out to that fifty thousand people. Just, I mean, really, to even if all of them didn't invest, which obviously they wouldn't, but at least they know we're doing this over here. Right. Um, you're right. So, so 506C uh, tends to be good for that. Um, if it's like a restaurant business or something like that, regulation crowdfunding is also great for that. Um, just remember that when you're bringing folks in from 506C or A plus or C, uh, CF, um, and you're bringing them into your 506B funnel, it's not just anyone who came through the pipeline. It's people that, you know, you qualified them to a certain extent, you established that pre-existing relationship with them, right? Because we certainly don't want to bring people in um, on 506C and then, you know, you know, blow the 506B exemption because we funneled them in through the wrong way. So we want to be careful about how we do that. Awesome. And what about... Uh, um you know, needing a PPM and, and, uh, you know, should, should we talk about that now, you know, or do we need a yeah. PPM for all of these and, you know, or not? Yeah. So, you know, typically the documents a real estate syndicator needs is a PPM or a private placement memorandum, which is basically like a 60 to 100 page document that discloses every single risk you might possibly encounter. Um, so that people don't come see you later, um, and, you know, lays out everything very clearly. So people also don't come see you later. Uh, there's a subscription agreement and then there's, you know, operating agreements. And then to extent that there are foreign investors, um, sometimes there's like a foreign, um, you know, questionnaire that, that, uh, foreign investors get. Um, now, you know, a lot of times people don't realize when they are required to have a PPM versus, um, when it's just best practice, typically it's always best practice to have a PPM, um, especially for rule 5.6B and 5.6C, right? Now, you're only required to when you're taking even one non-accredited investor, right? So if you do a 5.6B and it's all accredited investors only, or you're doing 5.6C where everyone has to be accredited, technically you don't need a PPM, the reason why even large institutional, very fancy investors do it is because it really is a CYA measure. And I know we're running out of time on this particular podcast. Maybe I can talk about it later on um, in a subsequent show. But um, you know, a lot of times I'll see people attempt to draft their own from a template that they found online. And it's like, they're doing a single asset syndication, the templates for a blind pool, and it doesn't work, right? The language doesn't work. PPM is really great for CYA. Um, one of the best examples is once I had a real estate syndicator come to me and be like, oh, um, someone is very upset. They're talking about legal action and one of the first things you can tell them is, oh, okay, you want to sue, you want to sue me on this deal. That's fine. You have to, you have to sue, you know, the entity that you invested in. And uh, when you do that, uh, it's actually going to come out of your distributions because, you know, uh, the, the entity is going to be the one paying the legal fees and it's going to indemnify me and the manager personally. So if you, 
if you sue, it's actually really just coming out of your pocket, right? And so there's a lot of little tiny things that are structured into the deal that way that um, incentivize and disincentivize certain behaviors. Um, so really, it, it is a best practice to just make sure you do a lot of CYA. Nice. Nice. Uh, we better cut it off <laughs> for this one, Amy. Uh, it's been great. Yeah, I really appreciate how you appreciate how you've laid all this out, and I know the listener is going to be much much more educated now and understand why they need what, and and uh, you know maybe not have that thought of coming to you saying I want to do a crowdfunding, you know, uh, whatever. Uh, and and so uh, thank you again, and uh, I look forward to having you back shortly to go into some other topics. Thank you. <laughs> I hope to, yeah, and actually, you should tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you and learn oh, more about you. Right. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah. So they can basically find me. My name is Amy Wan. Last name is W A N. They can find me on all the regular social media um, channels. So I'm on LinkedIn. Amy Y Wan um, is my LinkedIn, my Twitter. I'm on Facebook. Um, uh, the website is bootstraplegal.com. Great. Thank you again, Amy. And uh, I hope the listeners will connect with you and go to LifeBridge Capital and connect with me. Also go to our Facebook group so we can all learn from experts like Amy uh, and grow our businesses together. We'll talk to each of you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.